start with a few housekeeping things. Um, all right, what do I have here? First of all, people who attended the Zirak guest lecture, do you have any feedback for me or for him? I guess he's the one who's, who wants to do it. I, I don't know about you, but um, okay, no, I was gonna give you my opinion, but then I shouldn't give you my opinion because it will bias your opinion. <laughs> Zirak should be a prof also. Uh, interestingly, uh, he does give lectures at Harvard, so uh, Pakistani Harvard may, uh, you know, actual Harvard lecturer here. So there is that. Oh yes, he always has very nice talks and slides, very organized person. Uh, second, how was the TikTok assignment? Uh, I did not expect uh, all 100% of you to complete it. I thought putting it at 2% would be just the right amount of let me not do this, but interestingly, all of you did do it. Uh, and I got to see plenty of new folks on TikTok, so. Uh, Hafsa, have you seen Mahir's submission? If you think that 200 words are short. Um, I could write like a, a thesis on it, really. Like 2,000 words become. Hai. Um, but yeah, do, do check that out as well. Uh, there is so much there to look at. Hello, uh, Essen. Nice of you to join us. Um, with the video on, obviously, you've been joining us before that as well. Uh, Menor, isn't that the the problem with TikTok? It's so bad that it's good. You just can't keep, get enough of it, even after the cringe. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised at the things you guys do for 2%. I would not have done it. I would have said 2% isn't worth it, but here we are. Uh, and yes, Minhal, now would be a good time to delete it. That goes for all of you. If you're done with the assignment, delete it. Uh, I'll give you 30 seconds to pull out your phone and do it right now. And if you don't do it, then I do not take responsibility for you getting hooked onto it. Uh, then it's all on you. So take out your phones, delete it now. If you haven't already, uh, that should be enough time to delete it. Uh, the next thing on the agenda is that um, today I'm not in LUMS, but I am usually there. So if you are a day scholar and if you want um, to, to have office hours in person, just drop me a message. I am available um, at least as long as you have access. I don't know whether you'll get denied that access very soon or not, but as long as you have it, uh, feel free to drop by. And for those of you who aren't uh, day scholars, you know the drill, you can just message me and we can do the Zoom thing all over again. Um, all right, uh, then we have the projects, which hopefully is, I've, I've left comments on those projects so you can review them. Um, I shared it with the Jamal as well because he's a product manager and he loves looking at products, so he might leave some comments on there as well. So don't be surprised if you receive comments from 
Moid or an unexpected source. Um, the whole point is to do this better and it gets better when you have more opinions and more people who can help you think uh, a certain way. Um, then we have this class on service. So that was a pretty long preamble. Um, what we're going to be doing here is to talk about how do you make a good survey and what makes a bad survey and how this fits into your project. So I will send the written version of what I'm about to say, um, but just so you have some context for why we're doing this class. Um, in your projects, I will ask you to do two things uh, around this topic. One is to make a survey, easy enough. Um, the difficult part is making a good survey. Uh, and the second thing is to have an annotated survey. So survey making is one thing. I'd also want you to write a few paragraphs or you know side comments on why you chose this question, why did you phrase it a certain way, why did you provide these options, what do you hope to achieve? So it's a description of why you're doing that survey and not just here's a survey, here you go. Um, so there is that. Uh, with that, we shall start with today's uh, lecture. Um, how many of you did the optional reading? Interesting that it's optional. And while I get that answer, Uruj, I know that you obviously did do the reading. So what are we talking about today as a primer? Um, so basically, the reading talks about the principles of effective survey design. There were four principles, mainly. If I summarize the whole four principles in three words, yeah, four words, it would be save your users time. Mm -hmm. And users are not there to fill your service always. So like keep your questions concise, concise clarify your questions. Don't use technical terms. If you use provide definitions to them. Also, um, there's a description part of the survey uh, at the start, right? So other motivate your uh, user, ke why are they filling the survey? Don't, I mean, when I was going to LDFK surveys, to um, because it's a project, fill the survey. But the reading say, says that, um, write some clear description. Why are you uh, conducting a survey and how it will benefit the survey taker? Also, mm -hmm. avoid overlapping ans answers. Jaise mostly ranges in questions. Mein. And then there are uh, overlapping ranges, like 1 to 10, 10 to 20. That way, a user gets uh, confused and they might end up filling the wrong range and it would affect the analysis of your data later. Right? Also, be realistic with your questions. Um, don't ask questions like, hey, uh, how many times did you shop the last year? Because that is not possible that you remember last year shopping. Be realistic. Make them guess sometimes. Also, keep uh, open-ended questions to the end uh, because the text boxes need a little more, more motivation than uh, predefined answers. Mm -hmm. Other than that, when you are done with survey making, do not directly launch it to the audience of thousands. Firstly, do a pilot study of it on your friends so you get to know the errors which are present there. If you directly launch it and then you get to know, it might uh, 
like you're gonna get really bad yeah if something goes wrong yeah they might interpret interpret it differently than you want them to do also mm, yeah there was a point about undercut agreeability which is that don't use terms which matlab if you want if you assume that uh, for instance my example deti hu ke uh actually let's not are... get into that just now uh because okay. we're going to do it in more detail um right. but that was a a very very good summary uh that's it for the class for then i'll see you on thursday because uh, that's all i had to do i made uh close to 100 slides but uh ru just just delivered the whole lecture in 5 minutes uh so there is that um but um I think now would be a good time to show you those hundred slides. So here we go, and uh, don't be afraid. The number is just misleading because there's a lot of one-liners on the on those slides. Um, before we do that, though, um, here's a fun video I found about asking the right questions and why we have bad surveys. Because um, you know you can make surveys say whatever you want. So here we go. Uh, I suppose you can see my YouTube thingy, right? So Neville Chain. Uh, this is from a. I don't know. I've never seen this show, but for context, they're talking about national service, which is should people be forced to serve for the army after a certain age or something? Yes. He thinks it's a vote winner. Ah, that's more serious. Done. What makes him think that? Well, the party who had an opinion poll done, it seems all the voters are in favour of bringing back national service. Well, I have another opinion poll done showing the voters are against bringing back national service. <laughs> We can't be for it and oh, against. Of course they can, Bernard. Have you ever been surveyed? Yes. Well, not me actually, my house. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> well, Bernard, you know what happens. Nice young lady comes up to you. Obviously, you want to create a good impression. You don't want to look a fool, do you? <laughs> no. No. So she starts asking you some questions. Mr. Willey. Are you worried about the number of young people without jobs? Yes. Are you worried about the rise in crime among teenagers? Yes. Do you think there's a lack of discipline in our comprehensive schools? Yes. Do you think young people welcome some authority and leadership in their lives? Yes. Do you think they respond to a challenge? Yes. Would you be in favour of reintroducing national service? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well I suppose I might. Yes or no? Yes. Of course you would, Bernard. After all you've told, you can't say no to that. <laughs> so they don't mention the first five questions, and they publish the last one. Is that really what they do? Well, not the reputable ones, no. But there aren't many of those. <laughs> so alternatively, the young lady can get the opposite result. How, Mr. Woolley? Are you worried about the danger of war? Yes. Are you worried about the growth of armaments? Yes. Do you think there's a danger in giving young people guns and teaching them how to kill? Yes. Do you think it's wrong to force people to take up arms against their will? Yes. Would you oppose the reintroduction of national service? Yes. <laughs> There you are, you see, Bernard. The perfect balanced sample. So, we so what has happened here is basically an entire summary, a second summary of this entire lecture on how you can get service to say whatever you want. and uh you know how people ask this question sorry sabhi i just saw your comment on it's too loud uh i suspect that might have been the case but there uh laughter tracks by the way uh, you'll see a lot of them 
on TikTok especially. And uh, I think they're there to give people that cue that this is funny uh, because sometimes it really isn't that funny. So you have to tell people that you have to laugh And maybe people like uh, Hafsa don't need that cue, but the class of people that we discussed use TikTok, they almost certainly, uh, you know, they enjoy the, those loud, like garish laughter tracks. Uh, I have no idea what has happened here uh, with my face. Uh, we're going to have to fix that. How do I do that? Uh, is this any better? Yes. Actually, that's not what I wanted. What I wanted was this. So I'm going to have more of a focus on the slides in this lecture because the slides are important. Um, this link is the video we just watched, um, which makes it convenient to start this way. Um, and so my slides are not changing. Wow, this is great. Uh, can you see a different slide at all? Well, isn't that fun? Ah, Zoom, uh, we have to have one of these in every class. So now I have to go and troubleshoot. Uh, meanwhile, Rouge, uh, entertain the class while I figure out what's wrong. Big, big responsibility on your shoulders. How do I entertain them? <laughs> I should make I, them fill my survey, which was kind of fun. Uh, you can do that. Go for it. Uh, assuming I get my slides back before then. How do you entertain a class? Uh, I've been trying to do that the entire semester. So you can feel my pain. Yep, my slides are not working in that shame. Uh, just do the survey and uh, let me figure out how I want to do this. Hmm. Unless I just do the whole thing. Well, that sucks. It is a fun survey, by the way. Everyone should do it. And this is not very good because Interesting. It might be surprisingly enough a font issue, even though I didn't use any special fonts. Um, can I do it now? Yes, no, maybe. What was your inspiration for making this survey, Uruj? Do you think it'll make a difference to anything at all? 
it is basically to make no difference <laughs> a lot of surveys make no difference that's lesson number one today uh hopefully this works does it work wow hi hey, hey. okay i'm going to have to do this a different way then um give me one second this is going to be very inconvenient but we'll go with what we have i have a second device so i'm going to share slides from there unfortunately that means that you won't be able to see me in all my glory i'll be shifted to the side but if you adjust the slides well enough then you should be able to um all right and if this doesn't work then uh yes uh visma that's exactly what's happening here um we can have shadi music now now would be a good time this is definitely a a zoom problem not a powerpoint problem just in case we wanted to know who to blame uh, it's zoom there's no uh, not that microsoft is particularly great uh, and now hafsa will say i hate all technology which is true and we're always ready almost ready should i say and does this work uh you see one slide ooh it works yes we are back in business which makes this again very inconvenient but chalo uh so okay 23 minutes in we are ready to start our lecture on survey research um all right here's why we're doing this first um why are we studying this so um sawal bada acha hai nobody asked me uh, but i've asked it for you um you will be using surveys a lot uh, regardless of your major um sdsp kids have they love surveys it's like har course mein hota let's do a survey um i saw surveys on ldf spammed all the time so clearly it's a very popular method as well um ssc people other majors econ ogera if you work in development you will also be doing surveys not the very fun kind of surveys but surveys are everywhere you will have to do them um so it makes sense to teach you about how to make good surveys instead of just doing bad surveys um what are fun surveys um market research surveys yeah some of the development service can be very very bland i'll show you one or two um but the real reason why we're doing that is that we hate bad surveys as you all know minhal wanted to know where she remembered that from now you know um we don't tolerate bad surveys in this class so 
bad service don't do them uh, this is my pet peeve sabse zyada number iske katenge in the project so don't do bad service please i have you have been warned um let's start with some of the boring stuff um and i'm not going to read through all of this um these slides are intentionally a little dense just so you can go through them later on in your own time as well but basically you have these four or five components of a survey um target population who are you studying sampling frame how many of those people are you targeting um so if your target population is i want to study something about undergraduate students then the sampling frame is uh lumsky students which are a part of the overall undergraduate population then it's uh, sample design which is how are you getting those undergraduate students we most commonly use random sampling which is survey har kisi ko phenk do jisne karna kar le there are other techniques for surveys as well snowball sampling is you give it to two people then they lead you to four people then they lead you to eight people and so you're doing that within a specific uh, population and as the mode of data collection again we tend to do these things online um but you obviously have phone surveys as well um we often receive calls that say agar aap hamari service se mutmain hain to ek dabaye warna do dabaye and you have face to face surveys where people this happens in development the boring stuff that i was talking about you go to people and you have a paper with you and you ask them questions and you fill it out for them and then there's the time are you doing it just once are you doing it repeatedly is it a before and after situation um these are all questions you have to think about but um you have to think about why we use surveys in the first place or kafi research methods and i've shown you like at least a dozen of them why use surveys and really i have three points here which is that cost effective saste hain resource effective again saste hain time kam lagta hai um you get to know about the attitudes of people and you can do this systematically when i say systematically i mean if you were to do an interview for instance then who is asking the questions are you asking them exactly the same way in the same tone uh, there is a lot of randomness there uh, whereas with a survey everyone gets the same survey in the same order uh, exactly the same mode so th- that introduces some of the more systematic things here um so ye these are the points on the slides but what really happens about why we use surveys is this they take less time aur paise nahi lagte and that's why everyone does surveys willingly ke um research karni hai let's put out a survey because it comes at no cost and it's fast uh, and the problem with that is this diagram here remember this diagram especially after you graduate you will come across this you won't come across this diagram but you will come across this problem the problem with this is that you can only choose two and so if you choose good and cheap uh, or if you choose good and fast you get good service but most people tend to choose fast and cheap which means that it's not very good so i've added those labels for you if you choose good and fast it's not cheap Uh, if you choose good and cheap it's not fast and if you choose fast and cheap it's not good this goes beyond just surveys any type of client engagement 
you will have people saying ke we want these and how you should counter is to tell them well pick two of these because sare hone nahi lage and inevitably they say ke nahi hame to sari cheezein chahiye for which i have this at the center because uh, that's the only answer you can really give them um and i can vouch for this this has happened to me uh, a lot uh, most recently two weeks ago where someone said uh, on a sunday that we need these things done and we would like them done by thursday can you do it uh, for a project that should take three weeks and i said okay well uh, i don't want to say i can do it in three days but sure here's my quotation and then they never get back to you because uh, surprise surprise it's not going to come cheap um you've seen this chart before um this is probably the third time this has come up in this class it's a list of user research methods which is part of the course and again why uh, we're covering some of these methods not all of them um where do you think service fall here i can spot service can you spot service this is like a where is waldo thing going on here um and um i will do the convenient thing and i will point out where service fall on this this chart um did someone want to say something uh, i guess i will just i heard something but okay um so here uh, we have behavioral and attitudinal on one axis and qualitative and quantitative on the other axis uh, what this is telling us as a refresher is if you want to know what people do which is behavioral things you're um along the upper part of this and if you want to know what people think you're here and if you want to have qualitative information you're here if you want quantitative information you're here so surveys are very firmly in the quantitative section because they allow us to quantify the responses on a scale of 1 to 5 what do you think of this or that that 1 to 5 scale is giving us a number a quantification for how we think about something um the other thing is that it's telling us about how people think and not what they actually do so if i asked you uh, a very relevant survey question what do you think about tiktok um you're going to tell me it's cringy and i hate it and i would never do it again and yet many of us can't delete it from our apps which is a behavioral thing so what we say and what we do is different uh that's pretty much been the whole thesis of this course what people say is not what people do um here's a better way to visualize it what people say versus what people do and here's where you use quantitative versus qualitative which is something new if you want to know why people do something and what to do about it you use qualitative methods and if you want questions answered about how many and how much you use quantitative methods so surveys are going to tell us what people say and how many and how much of what they say you know you quantify their opinion so the problem with this quadrant here is many of these things first you have measurement errors which is that are the questions you're asking actually what you want people to answer um so say i i believe i've given this example before say i want to measure how intelligent someone is and i ask them what their gpa is is a gpa a measure of intelligence 
Mahir is shaking her head. I would imagine that means she doesn't have a good GPA. Uh, those who do are most certainly like, yes, this is what we've worked on for three or four years. So it, if it doesn't measure my intelligence, then what does? Um, that's validity. And then can the results be replicated if the survey is conducted again? If I asked you the same question twice, once today and once 10 days from now, do you still answer in the same way? Um, if not, that's a measurement error. Then, and most importantly, sampling error. Um, is the sample you've chosen representative of the population? Uh, I think you've come across courses where I don't have to explain these terms, what a population is and what a sample is. Um, but the number one problem with the way we do surveys, um, and let's take the LDF surveys, for example, is that they'll only ever reach a certain sample, which is your friends, your peers at LUMS. Now, if that survey is measuring something about LUMS specifically, let's say, I don't know, you're opening a new restaurant at LUMS, um, Zakir, the Gaka competitor. Um, it would make sense to have LUMS students fill out that survey because we don't care about anyone outside of LUMS. But if you're measuring, um, I don't know, what do you feel about Kareem, for instance, then that survey is only ever going to circulate within LUMS and you're missing out on the entire population outside of LUMS that also has a valid opinion on that subject. Um, then human errors, uh, which is going to be the focus of this lecture, um, are the answers you're receiving the truth? Are they accurate? Are people really telling you what they think or are they being influenced in some way, intentional or unintentional, um, based on the way you're asking those questions? And then reporting errors, this is where the, the numbers come in, where you can just crunch them to say anything you want. Um, maybe you pick one question and present those results in a way that support your existing point of view um, and just miss out on the other questions. Or maybe you have some combination of fudging up the numbers uh, in order to have them do what you want to say. Um, so as I said, we are going to be talking about many of the human errors here. Um, but before we do that, the big question, should you use surveys? With the big answer, it depends. Um, and I've listed down the things on which it depends. Basically what this entire slide is saying is, can you do something else before you do a survey? Um, is there existing information out there? Can it be used? Is it sufficient? If yes, you don't need to do a survey. Um, do you have to make generalizations about a large population? If yes, don't, um, I won't say do use a survey, but that means that you can't use a qualitative method uh, unless you have the numbers for it because you're only using small samples with qualitative information. Um, do you want to make causal statements? By this I mean, does X cause Y? Uh, using a survey gives you some data to answer that question, but you can't attach a cause to it. It's correlation, not causation, which is a big topic on its own, very fun. Uh, we can talk about that some other time. Um, and then it's like, experiment that's resource constraints. Again, the number one reason. Most people end up at this point here, which is resource constraints. And they're like, let's do a survey. So they skip all of the other points here. Um, so the real question is not, can you do surveys? It's actually, 
can you do service well and if you can't do service well then don't do it um why we have a discussion discussion question on why um we'll do that um after the break but basically there are very very few points at which a survey makes sense but we tend to overuse them because it's the easiest and fastest and cheapest thing to do so there will be very few occasions where doing a survey actually makes sense and even when it makes sense uh, if you're not able to do it well you won't get the quality of data that you actually want in order to use it um this is again a very dense slide i put it in here so you can um you know look at it again in your own time and uh, there's actually seven parts to this part 1 and part 2 like spread spread over two slides um i'll give you 30 second summary start with a question what do you want to know uh then plan it okay okay is there something else i need to know is there something i need to research on before i make that survey uh then you make that survey and test it which is what uruj was talking about pre-test that survey give it to a few people see if they can answer those questions and they are understanding those questions the way you intend them to um for example um i test the project documentation with muid so i'll make that project documentation i'll send him to him and i'll say does it make sense did i miss out on something did you want to know something that isn't covered here um last semester when we did have physical exams i tested the quizzes with the previous tas you've been in the classes do you understand what what this question is asking you and by doing that i reduce the chances of someone writing a completely different answer because they interpreted it a different way than what i had intended um then you take that information you finalize the design uh then you actually do that survey and then you code the data from that survey so coding here is not uh computer science coding this is um you know if someone said they were male and someone said they were female then zero means male and one means female and you, you know you quantify that sort of stuff and you know there you you could collect quantitative stuff as well so you're just looking at the numbers the averages things like that um and then the analysis of the data uh, so again it's a pretty comprehensive process uh, we tend to just skip the whole thing and start with the survey that we want and then get the results that google gives us um here's a few more considerations before you actually get to the survey again research question karna kya chahte ho um what are you measuring and then how are you going to analyze that data there's not a lot of like discussion here to be had um but this is how you start instead of just jumping straight into it think a little about what i'm trying to measure and whether the questions i'm going to ask are actually going to measure that um there's a few questions again behavioral and attitudinal uh here i've swapped the behavioral thing with factual so um a factual question is how many times do you wash your hands in a day uh that's a fact an attitudinal question is do you think washing your hands is a good measure against coronavirus now that's a belief that's an attitude whether or not you think something is the way it should be uh, is an attitude and facts are obviously facts um so there's two types of questions but also there's two types of responses 
open-ended and closed-ended or closed form. Um, and again, you have long open-ended questions, short open-ended questions, and closed forms are MCQs, choose all that apply, Likert scales. Does anyone here want to tell me what a Likert scale is in case you've taken such a course? Uh, and then matching and ranking, which is relatively uh, rare. Uh, but basically, rank these five brands from one to five um, or match the words with uh, someone typing a Likert scale, Likert scale, Likert scale. I never really figured out how to pronounce that. Uh, the agree, disagree scale, yeah. Um, or how often, how often do you do something very satisfied, not satisfied on a scale of one to five or one to seven, yes. Um, S and I think you mentioned in the chat that you see an open-ended question and you close that survey, uh, which is why I have this here. Use it sparingly and use it at the end because if S and sees that at the start, he's not going to bother to fill in the rest of it. But if I ask him 15 closed-ended questions that he can rush through and then end pay open-ended, oh, now he's invested his time in it and he'll think, chalo, kar hi leta hun, jahan itna time spend kiya hai. Um, there are exceptions to this, of course. Um, one of the exceptions is this survey that you receive for this course. I can't do much with quantitative data for how this course is going or what you think should be different. And so I ask you open-ended questions. And in the first survey, I asked you many open-ended questions. Um, because if you go, if you remember the, um, what slide is it? This slide. I am more interested in the why and the how to fix rather than the how many and how much. So I don't care about rate your course or instructor from one to 10. I'm more interested in why you feel that way and how do I fix the things that aren't working. So that can only happen with qualitative uh, stuff, which is why um, you have to decide whether or not an open-ended question makes sense. And if it does, how many of them make sense before your participants say, I'm done Meninikarna, because th that is a huge point of friction. Uh, SN drops out at one question. Um, some people might drop out after two. Um, some people don't open service at all because motivation hi nahi hai. Um, here's another thing. Uh, when you start a survey, you have funnel questions. So you want to go from general to specific and then ask about that topic. So as an example here, uh, how many hours of TV do you watch in a week? So now I've introduced the topic of watching TV. And then I ask you, okay, how many of those hours uh, do you spend on Netflix? So it's a broad question. And then I start to narrow it down specifically to what I want to do. Um, this is a good practice because um, you want to add skip logic here. What is skip logic? What does it sound like skip logic means? Um, I guess the CS majors might have an upper hand here. I don't know if you've done skip logic. Um, by these standards, aren't our instructor evaluation service questionably bad then? Yes, they are. Uh, the last semester wale was particularly horrible because uh, they asked students, what do you feel about the workload? Uh, of the course and it was from one to five where one was very heavy and five was very light 
And so ideally, a good rating would be three, which is that it was manageable. Um, but then when they tell you the Korsky rating, then that three means bad because now the course is rated 3.5 out of five, even though getting a three is a good thing because three means that the course load was manageable. So it, it is bad. Um, conditional branches. Um, skip logic is skipping the questions that don't make sense or do not apply. Um, and this, of course, depends on you doing it online and what sort of tool you're using. But basically here, uh, the example is right here on this slide. If you ask me how many hours of TV do I watch in a week, me being the boomer who doesn't watch TV at all will answer zero hours. Uh, and then you ask me, well, how many of those hours are spent watching Netflix? And that question no longer applies to me. So, you know, what do I choose there? Uh, when I choose zero hours, then just take me to the next question that makes sense. Um, often people just say, if you answer yes, then skip to the third question or sixth question. Uh, you can program, I believe you can program this in Google Forms as well and some of the more complicated tools. But there's nothing more frustrating than an answer, a question that you can't answer. Um, then you have respondent motivation and context, which is that basically what Essen said, incentives kya hai? Why should they answer your survey? Usually on LDF, it's because they're your friends. So, you know, they have to because you want uh, which is bad practice again because they're doing it just to get it out of the way and not necessarily in the you know in the spirit of what you actually want to collect um, so think about that mao there uh, what is their motivation are they able to do it do they have the opportunity if you are at the coca with your friends and i come up to you and say survey bhardo i'm not going to be motivated it's not going to be a good opportunity and I'll probably not do it or I'll do a bad job of it. Um, then, of course, keep it short. Again, depending on context, some surveys need to be long by design, uh, depending on the study. I know there's a company that conducts like a 250 questions survey from employees, but also they give them money for that. Um, and then this is something that Uruj mentioned in the article uh, was there as well, that surveys are branded content. So make them interesting, make people want to complete it uh, and not make it overly complicated. Um, which brings us to uh, survey errors. Do I want to do this slide? Um, right, so before we get into errors, here's a slide here. Um, one of the best ways to know if your instrument is good is to understand all the ways it can be bad. So we're going to be looking at bad surveys in order to understand what makes a good survey. But the problem with that is that there will always be errors. You can't get rid of all errors. There will always be errors. The idea is just to minimize those errors so that what we have is better than what we had before, uh, which leads us to survey errors. Um, YouTube surveys are the worst. Um, I mean, that's only one question, and usually they ask you, okay, uh, you know, YouTube surveys are a whole, like I, I did some research on them. Uh, they ask you, have you seen this brand before, or would you consider such and such? And basically they're measuring whether or not an ad was effective. Uh, they showed you an ad, did you remember it or not? Uh, something like that. Um, we will do two of these errors, just so you know 
uh, what we're getting into and then we'll take a break. Uh, the rest of the lecture is all about these errors or the mistakes people make. Uh, so let us start with this slide which lists all the errors that we're going to talk about. Uh, again, I'm not going to go through them uh, word by word. Uh, we'll just jump straight into this. So let's start with this question. What do you think about this question? What's the problem here? Too wordy, too much info already. People don't think women are qualified. Leading question. Uh, so you'll see plenty of questions on these slides that fall into multiple categories. Uh, this is a leading question and we'll get to them. Uh, but here's, here's another one. So it's, I'm going to try and illustrate the same thing. And this isn't a leading question. Or I should say the problem is not with the question. Think about how someone would answer this question. Uh, Bisma mentioned conditions earlier. Um, range should be how. So you guys are focusing on the wording of the question, uh, which is broad because that's the majority of it. Uh, the, the problem I'm trying to illustrate here, again, um, is the social desirability bias, which is that people tend to answer questions in a manner that they think uh, will be viewed favorably by others. So they over-report good behavior and under-report bad behavior. So if you ask someone, how many packs of cigarettes do you smoke in a day? They might tell you a number that is less than the truth because if they smoke... Uh, Let's not use smoking. If I ask Mahir how many TikTok videos she watches in a day and the true number is 340, she's not going to tell me that. She'll say well, maybe 150 or less than that, maybe 30. How much time do you spend on social media? It's almost always underreported because you don't want to uh, tell people that you're addicted. Um, then here, again, if I told you that the woman was the most qualified person for the job, even if I don't think that women should be presidents, um, I would not say that because now you've told me nahi, like qualified. Hai. Uh, so I will probably tell you yes, but actually I don't think that they should. Um, so we want to, uh, you know, appear good in front of people. Uh, impression management, yes, that's the word, linking all the previous course concepts. Uh, here's my favorite example of that, when the waiter asks you, sir, aapka khana kaisa tha? And at that point, even if it's bad, maybe you'll say it's bad, but usually you don't want to tell them to their face, ki nahi, it was bad, uh, especially if they're nice and they ask you with a smile and, you know, if it's really, really, really bad, then you might say something. But if it's average, then you'll just say, oh, because you don't want to appear bad. Uh, yes, as in the barber, because you can't really do anything about a bad haircut after that happens. Uh, um, 
if we say bad you get more involved in the situation yes because then they have to ask you kyun tha bura and really you're not there to answer survey questions you're there to have a good time with your friends um, and so you know valid question for a restaurant but maybe not the best time to ask which is why you want to look at people's motivations abilities and uh, opportunities um what about this one so i should mention that the format for the rest of these slides is i will show you a question like this then we'll talk about why it's bad um then sometimes maybe we will have an additional example of that question and then we move on to a new problem so this is a new problem what's the problem here yes my isn't that the problem with surveys in general all of it is it depends but we try to neatly categorize people's opinions dreams goals wishes in five options or less um yeah ikra has got it right talks about two things in one question maybe i consider myself outgoing and not funny but if the options here are yes and no then i have to choose both uh for e. um and of course i said that um a lot of these questions overlap there's multiple things wrong with them but i'm illustrating a certain point so that's called a double barreled question where you have two questions in one go but also there can be double barreled answers such as this one how does the online semester compare with an in person semester uh, if you want to choose one and not the other then it's impossible to do that um and then the other problem is if you provide all possible options then it starts to get very complicated very fast so a lot of survey design is also about usability how do i present the right information in the right way um so as i said double barreled questions asking about two things in one question um and then sometimes here i i've just restated an example of that question so that when you are going through these slides later uh, there's no confusion about which one this is uh let's do one more before we go for a break what do we think about this question and for people who are just listening i will repeat the questions as well um many people believe that stem cell research can provide cures for serious illnesses do you support it hafsa is going on a rant against the admin uh support what um says shares other that is a problem but again i guess it's not illustrating uh bandwagon effect definitely there yes uh here's another one if you made this awesome app with all these great features would you use it yep i think your hard to say no right because they've given you everything there so this is an example of a leading question as ali and others pointed out um which is a question that prompts or encourages the answer wanted so here you've already told them that it provides cures for serious illnesses do you support it it's hard to say no because you're leading them to that yes answer here if you tell them it's awesome it does all the things you want would you use it then you say yes again because it does the things you want to do uh every sdsp survey ever yes ali uh i could like i said i i could do an entire course on just surveys um 
now I'm just like all the bad surveys are popping up in my head, uh, PTSD here. Uh, let us pause here for a break uh, and then we'll continue with the rest of these questions. Uh, Moid, what do you have for us today? A lot of people ask what the song is. So. होश ही पुल गई गर्म गर्म चाहत ते डुल गई हत ते डुल गई चा सजना ऐसी तेरी निगाह सजना जाती जाती दस दी जा तू दिल दे तेरे दिल दे तेरे मैं सुनिया उचिया दीवार रखिया नी तू दिल दे चार चफेरे नाले सांब के रख दी कोई दिल च ना लाले डेरे मैं सुनिया पहला भी दिल बैक अह रिलेटिवली शॉर्टर ब्रेक बट आई थिंक यू गाइस वुड जस्ट प्रेफर दैट वी गेट ऑन विद इट एंड देन जस्ट एंड अर्ली एंड आई कांट प्रॉमिस वी अस एंडिंग अर्ली नेसेसरीली अम बिकॉज़ दिस or maybe we can i don't know let's see where this goes uh but sorry to disappoint hafsa and others who are big fans of getting uh you know first you have protests over uh credit hours pure hone chahiye like not being charged on credit hours and then you also want to be taught less than the number of credit hours that you were promised so how does that work uh Yes, nice lights, Visma. Um, very dorm roomy, uh, if that's the intention. Um, I forgot that there were a couple of other examples of leading questions before we left. So let me start with those. Uh, and you're not going to like this next example because I found it off of TikTok. Uh, so prepare your ears for cringe. and uh here we go theeko na bade cute lag rahe ho ya bade cute lag rahe ho wow i'll replay it a number of times aaj ya le theeko na bade cute lag rahe ho ya bade cute lag rahe ho wow now what's the problem with the question here uh Yes, I think Hafs. I don't know Hafsa. If yes, it's a leading question, of course. Uh, there's multiple things wrong with this, but yes, the thing I'm trying to get at here is that he asks, "Kya hal hai?" and then he says, "Thik ho na?" question mark, which makes it hard to say anything other than "Ha, me thik hoon." And uh, sure, he's doing that in this way, but I think we're all guilty of that. Uh, और यार कैसा चल रहा है ठीक है सब सब सेट है वेटर्स विद दैट क्वेश्चन डू दैट एज वेल सर खाना कैसा था ठीक था सही था एंड सो यू आर लीडिंग देम टू एन आंसर दैट वुड मेक इट यस सब सेट अलहमदिल्लार ओनली एवर गोइंग टू गेट दिस आंसर हेयर लेट्स प्ले इट वन मोर टाइम जस्ट बिकॉज आई एन्जॉय दिस वेरी मच ठीक हो ना बड़े क्यूट्स लग रहे हैं यार बड़े क्यूट्स लग रहे हो वाह 
and also you'll be pleased to know that there are multiple versions of this kya hal chal hai theek ho na and you have all these different versions of him saying the same thing uh let's have another one why not okay hal chal hai theek ho na and again because tiktok How do I discover this? Excellent question. I have friends who do that for me. Uh, that's not to say that I'm above this sort of stuff. If it came to it, I would definitely do it myself. Uh, but it's good to know that दुनिया में क्या हो रहा है. So, a leading question, as we just said. is um you know prompts or encourages the answer wanted uh here's an example from a restaurant that i went to uh, back when that was a thing i guess we still go here um first of all this is a terrible way to uh, get uh feedback doodle and express your overall experience here at howdy by completing the little face below why I mean sure it's fun but why what could you possibly get from this activity uh, and there's only going to be what three answers here um yes it's cute but it's not really helping you solve anything and then as uh, uruj pointed and hafsa now the hint is leading so if you're already giving them th- that hint at the bottom left corner to draw a smiley face and there's only ever going to be one thing that people will do or you know it'll just be a mess of random faces people draw uh time bhi unka zaya kare aur aapko data bhi kuch nahi mila that could have been actionable so what's the point um this is the link that i just played um i can do it again if you want but i'm guessing nope nobody wants that again iska kuch karna padega another tiktok assignment is you where you just analyze bola record uh that would be a fun one uh all right what's wrong with this question should the government force people to pay more in taxes uh force yes that's the word uh here's another example and slightly different do you support the death penalty and brut- uh, brutally electrocuting people in a chair while they are strapped in place uh it's emotive brutally yes there's another thing that's wrong with this uh question as i said overlapping things we yes it's asking two things um so i might support the death penalty but i might not support electrocution um what this is is it's a loaded question using emotionally charged non neutral language that biases responses um these are examples that are fairly obvious using the word force using the word brutal uh, but there's more subtle uh, examples of this as well um there's a fun couple of comics that i found uh, that point to the same thing uh this is also a leading question in addition to a loaded question uh, so again multiple things wrong with this uh and then the opposite of this is here um which i think we find examples of this particular thing all the time obama ne drone attacks kiye and brutal murders kiye and things like that um 
but a loaded question. I wonder if I have that example here. So yeah, this is another, uh, this restaurant was called something about Cuba, Coco Cubano or something. Um, but look at the categories that they have. Pele, so sabse pele upar likhave. No pressure, tell us like we're family. Uh, and then yummy food, heavenly drinks, best service ever. Uh, what sort of data is that going to give you? Uh, also, there's only four options. So you have to agree or disagree. There is no, I don't care about it. Uh, yes, the exclamation as well. So. This is like the framing, the loading, the leading, like everything about this is wrong. Um, this is a related example. And this is something that you find, uh, it's very common. What's wrong with this? Like, what, what about the like? What's wrong with it? What if I don't like? Well, what if the options are zero to five? Doesn't tell why, well, that's a problem with surveys in general, Minhal. Um, but here's another um, way to do this. List five things you like about this class. And then the next question is, rate this class from one to 10, which makes this problem a little more apparent here. Um, and the, the, the problem, as many of you pointed out with the question was the word like here, um, here with the second example, uh, first you're asking, yes, um, Hafsa, um, first you're asking them things you like about this class and then you rate the class. Um, Minhal mentioned priming in the chat. I think Shirzadeh mentioned it to Minhal and that's exactly what this is which is you influence their answers by exposing them to information. Um, and you can prime people in a number of ways. You could present certain information first. You could use certain words, the order of the questions. Um, so when I say, how did you like product A? I'm already using the word like instead of how do you feel about product A, which is something a little more neutral. Or what do you think about product A? Um, so in the bottom here, I've written a better version. How was your overall experience at B? Instead of asking yummy food and tasty drinks or all that crap. Uh, again, I this is one of the most infuriating like surveys I've ever had. Uh, and I say that, but I think I also know the answer to that, which is that they'll probably, I don't know if they did it like intentionally or not, but they'll probably get better answers. And then they report it to the manager and say, okay, oh, we have all of these people, 4.9 out of five. Uh, but the way you're answering those questions is the reason why you did that. Um, so again, did you know about these features? And then you ask, would you use them? So once you ask people, do you know about them? And they say yes. And then you say, would you use them? Now you're in an awkward position because now you're like, well, I know about them. Uh, would I use them? Sure, but because you've already asked them, could you know about them? And if it would be embarrassing for me to say uh, that I know about them and I don't use them. Um, slightly rough example there, uh, but be very mindful of the words that you're using. Uh, should always be neutral, unless, uh, as I mentioned to Minhal in the chat, uh, 
you remember Sam's lecture and he mentioned that sometimes priming is a good thing because you can get people to say more meaningful stuff. Um, the reason why he says that, and if you're interested in his point of view, I can link you to a blog he writes as well. The reason why he says that is that he's not really looking at quantitative information here. He is using surveys as a measure of qualitative information. So he is trying to have that conversation with people and getting them to say things as they would in an interview, for instance. Uh, one consequence of priming is that you almost always, again, not always, but almost always, want to put the demographic questions at the end. Why is that important? We've just talked about priming. Demographic questions are how old are you? Are you male or female? Which city do you live in? Etc. Etc. Why would you want to have them at the end? That's a lot of blank faces for an answer that's literally written on the same slide as the question. Uh, commitment decreases as you proceed. Uh, let me talk about that right after this, Abdullah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, to reduce bias, um, no, this, I'm asking putting them at the end instead of at the start. So if I ask you how old you are and I don't know, you say you're 22 and female and from socioeconomic class A and you go to lums and all of those things might influence how you answer subsequent questions. So um, maybe you were reminded that you are a female. And so if I ask you questions uh, where being a female might give different answers, uh, you want to answer them neutrally and not have people think about their uh, self or their identity as a female or as an 18 year old person or uh, whatever. Yes, they don't, so that they don't stereotype themselves, uh, Shahrazad, a uh, better way of putting it. Um, because if I tell you that I am such and such and I am female and I earn this much and all of that, and then I ask you a question, uh, I might want to think about how do other people in this demographic answer this and not how I would like to answer this. Uh, so you tend to put them at the end. A lot of people put them at the start because they're the easy questions and you want to get that ball rolling, which is another way of looking at it. Okay, answer the easy questions first before you get to the harder ones. Um, it's a disputed thing, uh, but the general accepted best practice is to put them at the end instead of at the start. Um, is that a good thing? Um, what do you mean, Mahir? Uh, put like thinking about yourself in a certain way. Okay, all right. Uh, again, a lot of these things are in the it depends category, but this is the best practice. And we have this, right? it should be immediately apparent what's wrong with this question. Does anyone, uh, who can actually answer this question, the terms? Does anyone know what XG is? or like Hafsa answered that question in a meme format, XG, what is? Nope. Uh, yeah, so it stands for expected goals, which is apparently a measure of 
if I say your expected goals were 3.4, then based on how well you played, you were expected to score 3.4 goals in a game. And you ended up only scoring once. So you underperformed. Uh, the result was did not match your performance. Um, so yeah, as you said, the terms here, the problems are that you're using jargon or slang in some cases. Uh, you falsely, here's the keyword, you falsely assume that your audience knows about these terms. If you were sending this question to a group of football journalists, for instance, it would be perfectly acceptable because they know the term. But if you falsely assume that they do, um, then you're going to run into trouble. And most people will not stop and say, well, I don't know what this is. They'll just answer it in some way and just move on. So you get bad data there. Um, then we have this super common question. Ruj, you're not allowed to answer because you already know the entire lecture. Overlapping intervals, yes. 18 to 24, and then 24 to 35. So someone who's 24 can't see option select. Yes, Ali. Uh, you see that happen in this sort of question as well. Now, this is up for debate. Does it really matter? Here, like here, I am definitely 24, so I, I have a problem here. Here, if I earn, does it make sense here? Because if, if I wanted to make this non-overlapping, then I would have to make it 15,000 to 49,999, and then start the next one from 50. Does that make sense? What if I earn exactly 50,000 though? What might be likely if I earn exactly 50,000? The first one. Uh, interesting, Mahir. Uh, yes, it depends. My hypothesis is that people would select the second one because it puts you in a higher bracket. Uh, the 50,000 wala person doesn't want to be associated with those 15,000 wale nikamme, and they want to be associated with the 150,000 wale log. Um, and so I would imagine even if I'm earning 48 or 49, I might be tempted to put myself in the higher category because it makes me feel better about myself, perhaps. Uh, the other problem with these types of uh, things is people tend to over-report. Um, sometimes you have a fixed salary, sometimes you, you're getting like a few things from here and there. Uh, income kya does that include I don't know my savings ki returns jo hain, things like that um, so they might over report this uh, but the biggest problem with this sort of stuff is the ranges that you provide um, first of all people will have a hard time answering this or you will not get the quality of data that you want but the other problem is uh, thinking about what options should I provide so back here as well uh, let me reveal the uh, name. There's Mickey Mouse here. Um, here, is there a meaningful difference in your sample between 50,000 and 150,000? Is there a meaningful difference between 150 and 500,000? If you're asking this question because you want to know which class is, which lifestyle is, 
150,000 कमाने वाला एंड 500,000 कमाने वाले में ज़मीन आसमान का फ़र्क है बट इफ़ यू लंप दम ऑल इन द सेम कैटेगरी यू आर नॉट टीजिंग आउट दोज थिंग्स एंड ऑन द अदर हैंड हफ्सा सेज मे बी रेंजेस शुड बी स्मॉलर अगेन द आंसर इज इट डिपेंड्स इफ माई सर्वे इज इंटेंडेड फॉर करियाना स्टोर ओनर्स देन आई कैन जस्ट हैव अंड्रेड थाउजेंड प्लस कैटेगरी एंड हैव दस दस हज़ार के इंटरवल्स फॉर इंस्टेंस बिकॉज आई कैन कैप्चर फाइन दू नो मोर फाइन डेटा बिकॉज आई नो दैट उनकी इनकम्स जो हैं दे विल रेंज बिटवीन टेन थाउजेंड टू नाइन्टी थाउजेंड फॉर इंस्टेंस बट इफ आई एम टॉकिंग अबाउट द अपर क्लास दैन एनी थिंग फ्राम अ फ्रेश ग्रेजुएट अर्निंग सेवेंटी थाउजेंड टू समन इन देयर थर्ड और फोर्थ ईयर ऑफ देयर करियर अर्निंग टू फिफ्टी और थ्री हंड्रेड थाउजेंड दैट बिकम्स अ मच वाइडर रेंज सिमिलरली विद एज ग्रुप्स एज वेल यूजली पीपल जस्ट टू टेन के इंटरवल्स बट इज दैट रियली टेलिंग यू समथिंग इफ आई एम डूइंग अ सर्वे एंड आई डिस्ट्रीब्यूटेड अमंगस्ट लम्स पीपल दैन ऑल ऑफ यू विल सेलेक्ट एटीन टू ट्वेंटी because there is no 24 to 55 in the student population unless you consider masters and phd students so then does it make sense for me to collect age data at all maybe i should just ask you if you're a freshman or junior senior and infer the age from there so the ranges that you provide in these sorts of questions should be aligned with what are you trying to measure if i am looking at um i don't know how people spend their retirement funds for instance then asking whether they're 60 or 62 or 64 or 67 or 70 or 72 or 75 might lead me to more meaningful data than just asking and saying saron ne 65 plus kar diya and then that doesn't really tell me anything uh, so same thing with income as well it's a notoriously tricky question to get right uh, but don't just lump in what you think makes uh, sense think about who your sample is and how you can get the best quality data from the ranges that you're providing them and often times the answer is not to to do it at all because it's just adding another question without giving you the value that you need from that question um here is a different type of question what's the problem with this one what is your occupational status student employed retired what if you're both that's one thing yes no other yep the problem with this as bisma says it, it doesn't fully encapsulate all possible options uh, again depends on it depends on where you're sending the survey if you're sending it lumps then everyone maybe their students are employed and that's it you won't have retirees uh, but it's not capturing all the range of answers so uh, a good way to remember this is our friend mickey mouse uh, i couldn't find a transparent background so uske kaan aur bazu jo hai wo black ke andar merge ho gaye hain which makes it look like a like six pieces of mickey mouse floating in the air um and then the reason why this is important is this term here which is m e c e which i like to pronounce mickey so now you'll remember m e c e is mickey what is mece it is drum roll mutually exclusion wow that's bad grammar mutual exclusivity and collective exhaustion uh yes hafsa that's a missed trick could have used messy damn it maybe for next time uh and as you see here remember this because uh this is the thing i hate the most 
um, we just discussed it. Uh, mutual exclusion is making sure that the provider options don't overlap and collective exhaustion is that they cover the complete range of possible answers. So it, generally you achieve collective exhaustion by just adding an other option uh, and mutual exclusion just check the ranges ke start or end overlap. Nahi ho um, here's a poll I found on Dawn's site. Uh, what's the problem with this based on Mickey? Fairly obvious, again, those who aren't staring at the screens, it's two extremes, nothing neutral, don't care. So it's not capturing the range of uh, possible options. You're either very satisfied or you're not satisfied. Um, and then the more infuriating thing about this was when you answer this poll, uh, is it just flips the options the other way around. So now very satisfied is on the right and not satisfied is on the left. Uh, so, uh, Rouge is frowning. Uh, that was my reaction. Bad question and then bad coding for this whole thing. Um, then we have this question, which is something that I actually picked up from. This is an, from an actual survey uh, from uh, one of the places I was working at, not Kareem. Um, but they asked this question in the survey. Seemingly innocuous. I mean, the best way to fix this uh, longer discussion, I think you could select both, but again, it depends on what you're trying to capture because uh, some students can be employed as well. They're working and studying, but is that a relevant or significant demographic for your survey? It depends. Um, Anchoring, no, so as you've seen by now, I have alternative questions that illustrate the thing a little bit more. And this is a tricky one because it seems to be perfectly valid. Um, here's a much clearer example. What's wrong with this? And it's not a question, it's just a statement. Her, who is she? Is it a cat or is it a human? It could be cat woman, so it could be both. Uh, but yeah, the problem is that clarified near punctuation grammar. Uh, so yeah, grammatical or linguistic ambiguity. The phrasing of the question is unclear or could have multiple meanings. So with this question, if Kareem was not available, what other mode of transport would you use? Is it not available <clears throat> today? Strike hai, shutdown hai, or does it mean that it doesn't exist at all. If Kareem was not hypothetically a thing at all, what would I use? Um, and what they meant with this was the second thing, but what people interpreted it as was the first thing. So that's where testing your questions is important before sending them out. And then as you mentioned in the chat, there are three possible interpretations of he fed her cat food. I particularly enjoy the third one because that is also a possibility, not a very likely one, but it exists. Um, if it's an appropriate question, uh, we can discuss that. I'm not sure what you mean, Moid. Uh, what about this one? And again, I think it should be fairly obvious. 
Do you believe that people should not be able to refrain from voting? What would be your instinctive answer to this? Yes or no? Double negative, grammatically complex. Uh, yes. Confusing, too wordy. Uh, here's a better example of this. Uh, I don't want to read it because it's a lot of words, but you can see immediately the problem here. Uh, yeah, very long, never get through this. Uh, that's one problem. One, that it's very long, and two, that it's very complex. So this isn't very long, but it is complex. Um, and so excessive complexity. Questions should be phrased to be immediately understandable uh, because people will not spend time thinking about it. Uh, here's one of the funniest. There's nothing wrong with the question, but the answers are like, I spent a good... 50, 30 seconds, 45 seconds looking at it, they're trying to understand what is happening. Especially because or is neutral. Hai. So I like to get along with those people who hold different values than me, most like me, somewhat like me, and the other end, it's also most like me, somewhat like me. And then beach mein neutral or neutral for or. What says Minhal? I think that's the most appropriate reaction to this. What? Uh, yes, choose or. That's the best way to do this. Um, here's a little, uh, something that's a little more tricky and I'll just go through this. Have you taken any steps to alleviate water problems around the world? And this is a little less common. Uh, here's another example. Family life suffers because men concentrate too much on their work. Um, the problem here, amongst other things, is faulty presupposition. So you make an incorrect assumption in the question. Um, if people don't agree with that assumption, they cannot provide a sensible answer to that question. So if I go back here and you tell me family life suffers because men concentrate too much on their work, maybe I think that men are just lazy, which is why they don't get their work done and they, you know, they spend too much time there. But here you've already assumed that men concentrate too much on their work. And so I can't answer this question as clearly as I would like to. In the previous example, what if I don't think that there are water problems in the world at all? Or I think that it's just fine the way it is. So have you taken any steps to alleviate water problems means that you're already assuming on my behalf that there are water problems in the world. So presupposing that for the respondent. Um, you see this type of question fairly common as well on a scale of one to five with one being not very often and five being very often. How often do you exercise? What does often mean? Yes, Miss Ma. Um, often for someone could mean twice a month. Often for someone could mean twice a day. Uh, yes, Hafsa, that's the, the problem here. Uh, and even then, like if I choose one, not be, being not very often, uh, you're right, it assumes that you exercise at all. So uh, it's vague. Uh, what is a four? We don't know. And uh, to avoid questions like these, it's better to categorize that. So instead of very often, you can clarify or you can write that, do you do it at least once a week? Um, and yes, Minhal, people could overreport it as well. Um, Either be if I ask them, do you do it at least once a week, then I might do it once in a month, but I'm like, chalo, kari dete hai, uh, because it makes me feel good. Um, 
The example at the bottom is something that actually happened. They conducted a survey where first they asked people, what is the average number of days a week you have butter? And 33% of people said never. Uh, and then to a different group of people, um, they asked, or was it the same group of people? I forget. They tested these two, and when they added, what is the average number of days each week that you have butter, not including margarine, now 55% of people say never. So the options that you provide, the vagueness of the question uh, depends on how people answer it. Uh, Leila, you seem confused. Do you want me to uh, repeat this example or not? Um, I think you get the point. Uh, we have a few more slides to crunch through. Um, can you think of a situation, any situations in which a policeman is allowed to use physical violence against an unarmed individual? Again, this is now we're getting into some of the more rarer examples. Um, I'll just reveal the answer. Uh, thinking, okay, is too much. Uh, so that, but also uh, people will try to answer what they think you mean, uh, perceived intent, instead of what the question is actually asking. So if I ask you, can you think of any situations in which a policeman is allowed to use physical violence against an unarmed individual? People might think that this means are you in support of police brutality? For which the answer is no. But the reality is that there's lots of possible answers to this. So what they're answering, they, what they think you mean by the question, the perception of your intent with the question could be different from what you are actually answering. So uh, yeah, it's overarching as well. Uh, false inference. I Again, one of my uh, restaurant wale uh, surveys that I hate. I don't know if this is an example of false inference, but uh, you can tell that something is wrong. Multiple things are wrong with this. Uh, yes, Hafsa, I take pictures of bad surveys and then I fume over them for the next few days until I get my next bad survey. Uh, so meal quality, meal taste. What is the difference between quality and taste? Does the taste affect the quality? Maybe, almost certainly. Per meal warmness, which is also something related to quality and will affect the taste as well. And then for some reason, uh, fries hotness, which is a funny <laughs> phrase uh, in its own right, is different from meals warmness. So they want the fries hotness, alagse, and then drinks chillness again, uh, you know. So if they've already asked me fries ka temperature and drinks ka temperature, then meal ki warmness alag se ki pooch rahe. Uh, and then also they're really obsessed with the temperature because atmosphere may be on a temperature likha uh, and cleanliness, which is somehow different from ambience, even though they both contribute to the ambience. Um, servers attentive. I like the ness here, like four questions. Meal warmness, fries, hotness, drink, chillness, servers attentiveness, speed slash timeliness. Uh, ooh, that's an, that's an unpopular opinion. Certainly, if McDonald's wale kafi, KFC wale kafi gande hote if they're cold. Um, yes, Minhal, maybe someone will just say ke nahi, fries off the baki. Ta. Um, also, upar hai, what did you order today? Who in their right mind is going to write ke maine jo hai wo 
extra large falana beef burger with double patty ye kiya tha uh, they're just going to skip straight to the thing at the bottom um how many times in the past year have you used an atm and we're almost done here um i'll just breeze through the last few because i think this is the last thing here um difficult to quantify yes ikra uh, people don't remember you're relying on them to you know have good memories which they don't um then there's like multiple things here uh, there's ways to help them recall as well so you can say maybe um i can't think of an example off the top of my head but i i can aid them in a bit okay, okay how many times have you used it in the last two weeks which is a much smaller time frame to remember and then i can ask them uh you know on a scale of 1 to 10 how often do you use it so maybe i don't remember the exact number but i can give them a range okay okay i use it once a week every week or i use it i don't know once a month and then i can you know so sort of extrapolate from that um this is again an example of that uh, we were looking at the options last time but we'll recover how satisfied are you with the pti's government's performance in its second year now i have to think acha july 2019 or july 2020 ke darmiyan unhone kya kiya because that is their second year or does that mean the calendar year like 2019 or 2020 uh and obviously i don't remember ke is ek saal ya 12 mahine mein unhone kya kiya uh but i think most people will just have answered this generally about how they feel about pti and not their performance in the second year uh <laughs> this is again an actual survey um from a train company amtrak uh you can tell by the way it's been taken uh please count each round trip uh as two one way trips your best estimate is fine unhone takallaf bhi kiya kehne ke liye ke exact na batao estimate theek hai lekin poocha kya hai before the corona virus situation first of all before ka kya matlab hai was it january march november uh june how many total domestic trips of 40 miles how do i remember ke 40 miles kya hai do you usually take in a year uh so lots of problems wrong with it um so we're done with that there's a couple of small issues who is asking the questions um if you do this in person maybe it makes more sense for an older male to answer question uh, to ask those questions in a dehati area uh, if it's a sensitive topic like i don't know sexual health then maybe it makes sense to match the gender of the person asking the questions and the person who's answering um again this is going into face to face surveys um and then sensitive topics may you want to think about how many people are likely to answer this honestly um because you can ask them very personal details and people will be like well i don't want them to uh, i don't want to i don't know uh, answer such and such question uh, best online and anonymously yes but even then people will be like ye data kahan ja raha and especially if there's an open ended question closed ended oh there's no way to identify you open ended oh then you're like do i really want someone to read my thoughts um and so here's a few good practices here uh you want to have a preamble on the survey telling people what it's about uh you want to have some screening questions so you're not having people um answer questions that aren't relevant to them uh maybe you only want to talk about 
uh, females in the age range 20 to 25. And so it doesn't make sense for a 30 year old male to answer that. So you screen them out fairly. Memory cues to improve recall. As I mentioned, you can try and aid their memory. Uh, general before specific, be as specific as possible. Uh, consider respondent motivation, very important. Why are they answering this question? Um, and the other three, you know, let's not get into them, but uh, the idea is basically you get your survey reviewed by someone uh, who knows how to make it. And also you do usability tests on them to see that people actually understand that. And so if you summarize summarize karnaho is this. First, you want to know how to ask the right questions. And second, you want to know how to ask them well. Um, yes, Sakina, we did 87 slides. The last slide here is a collection of bad surveys that I just picked up uh, that we can go through. And uh, maybe we can do one of these very quickly. And while I open one of these, Ruj, I think you have a, a discussion question in the last seven minutes. Um, by the way, uh, the whole reason uh, the examples ya good and bad wala channel was made was for surveys. Baki sari cheezon ki khair, just post examples of bad surveys that you find. Um, I'm sure you'll find plenty on LDF and, you know, take a screenshot and write about what's wrong with this, how can you fix it. And I'll just start spamming that channel with bad survey questions we can all laugh at as well. Rooj. What do you have for us? Uh, yeah, so my question was that even if we launch a bad survey, we end up with some data, right? So mm -hmm. do you think that some data is better than having no data at all? Yes, Afsa, I made it for my entertainment. I mean... Like I said, I, I clearly don't get paid enough with this role, so I might as well entertain myself while I'm at it. Uh, misleading data can do more harm. Uh, do you want to read some of the answers while I open this, Rouge? So Ali Asker says that if the data is highly biased with tons of leading questions, then no, it isn't mm -hmm. valuable at all. Um, Lena says no point if the data is skewed. Minhal is saying misleading data can do more harm. Yeah. I am with um, wasted resources, uh, which is ironic because we use servers precisely because it requires less resources than usual. Um, I am with Minhal on this that I think some data is better than no data, but no data is better than bad data. Because if you have bad data, then you are making bad decisions with more confidence. I ran a survey, 85% of people said they would buy my product. Let's go with it. But if that data, that number of 85% is bad data, if you didn't have that data at all, you would be clueless, but at least you wouldn't be steeped in Lekin logo ne ka tha ke wo lehenge, uh, and it's very hard to change your mind then uh, once you have a number in front of you and you're not sure where that number came from um, I'm going to go through this very quickly as an example of um, what you can expect with some of the service um, 
पिक पिक सर्वे ऊपर आ रहे हैं मार्केट रिसर्च उमरा एथलीजर अपैरल मोबिलिटी सर्वे सर्वे फॉर पेट एप्लीकेशन माई यूट्यूब टैब इज़ ऑल्सो ओपन सो लेट मी जस्ट प्ले दैट वन मोर टाइम बिफोर आई क्लोज इट आई थिंक वी ऑल डिजर्व ओ देर इज अम टेम्पलेट एज वेल नाइस ऑक्यूपेशन What's wrong with that? Uh, actually, I don't have. I, I I'll just go through this. Uh, it's not collectively exhaustive. There could be multiple options. There could be other options beside these. Uh, this is my favorite. Which pet do you have? Cat, dog, goat, bird. That's it. Uh, I'm not a pet owner or person, but. surely there is a range between cat dog and then jumping straight to goat when it comes to pets i mean fish is a pretty common one uh yeah this uh, uh, other the other so you could type your cow here uh but uh when you're not around how do you ensure your pet safety open ended question i may yahi pe drop out kar jaunga um I don't know what does it mean when I'm not around. Do I does that mean I leave for office for the day or I'm going on vacation for a week? Um, who knows? Uh, and probably, if you are in Pakistan and you live with the family, the answer is probably going to be there's someone at home who's taking care of that pet. So does that offer you valuable information? I don't know. If my pet goes missing, I search with my friends' family, search by myself, inform higher authorities, NGOs. Um, First of all, um, what if I do both? I'll probably search by myself and also with my friends and family, and I'll inform the all three of these can be possible options. And also, who searches by themselves unless they live by themselves and have no friends or family? They're probably going to inform one person at least. So, what is the point of this question at all? What are you trying to measure? So, problems with this question aside. um what are you trying to measure with this question you want to reduce complexity you want to reduce the number of questions as much as possible have you ever lost your pet yes no ye pehle pooch lete hain agar pooch rahe hain if my pet goes missing if i have never lost my pet then how can i answer if my pet goes missing um and in fact first of all here it says which pet do you have if i don't have a pet at all then this entire survey is pointless for me Uh, so just screen me out don't ask me the whole thing um and then you ask have i lost my pet and if i have then you tell me ask okay, how would i search for a missing pet if yes what series of actions you made bad grammar aside abhi upar khud hi pooch hai ke if my pet goes missing i will do this then what do you expect me to write here what series of actions uh repetitive bhi hai Do you feel a need to have an application which keeps track of your pet? How many people will answer no or maybe? It's an application, sure, दे दो आपके करोड़ों रुपये लगने एंड डिवेलपिंग एन ऐप एंड मार्केटिंग इट एंड मेकिंग श्योर इट वर्क मैंने तो बस सर्वे में येस लिख देना 
uh, you've just asked me uh, about my pet and if it goes missing and how terrible it is when it goes missing and then you say oh app achhi lagegi and then of course i'm going to say yes uh, minhal does that as well here is a list of features which we have decided to include in our app please mark those which you think will be useful to you um sure i'll just tick all of them because they'll all be useful to me yes because mera to kuch nahi ja raha again this is all design research dev work i'll just tip, tick them because uh you know so the problem with these types of questions is you're asking your customers to tell you what you want and people will tell you hume sab kuch de do and then they'll not use any of those things uh, which is what happens with a lot of uh, flagship phones samsung type that market like 10 features that nobody uses they probably asked a survey with people said yes we would love a feature with this or that and they implement it and then nobody uses it um we're out of time mm, but i will go through like a couple more questions here um this was an umrah question uh ismita so this one at leisure apparel what's your name what's your gender again why are you asking my name how old are you not not mickey uh what is your monthly income uh, we've discussed problems here is there going to be a difference between 100 and 150 wala and 150 and 200 wala uh where do you usually wear athleisure clothing first of all you haven't told me what athleisure clothing clothing is um so like how do i answer this question do you think athleisure wear and gym wear are the same thing i mean i can't there's multiple things wrong with this but if you've just asked me that i wear it at the gym then am i going to answer if it's the same thing or not um and again most you don't you haven't told me what athleisure is so i can't answer it in the first place what price point do you usually buy athleisure apparel at um is there a meaningful difference between these ranges um do you mean tops do you mean pants is there like a running jacket different is there an average is there a difference between uh 2 and 3000 and 3 and 4000 i don't know how often do you usually buy apparel weekly monthly yearly okay uh what brand is your favorite um you can see that they started with the four most popular brands and then they just added the things that they know about i have never heard of pe nation and koyo uh i know about lululemon uh but you know i think they make things exclusively for women if i'm not sure um if i'm not mistaken and alibaba/daraz what if i buy nike stuff from daraz so which one do i pick why is this your brand your favorite what brand do you consider the most fashionable this is particularly amusing what at least your brand personality do you like more edgy comfort driven fashion driven what if i like all i want my clothes to be performance based and comfort driven sure why not um what is your favorite local athleisure brand never heard of these i guess i can select i don't wear local brands but the question here is what is your favorite so that implies that i have a favorite uh and what if my favorite is tuhara athletics but i don't wear that brand i just like it i don't know um at this point i'm pretty sure you can see the scroll bar abhi aadha hua and there's like a ton of open ended questions har question ke baad what do you like most so 
uh, I'll just scroll, scroll, scroll. What matters to you most when buying at Leisure Brands? The answer, surprise, surprise is it depends. Uh, maybe I want to pay more for higher quality. Maybe I want to pay less for the brand. Could be any of these. Uh, is your loungewear and gym wear from the same brand? People have multiple clothes with multiple brands. Of course, the answer is going to be no. Um, what would you like to see more? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Should local athleisure brands focus more on apparel for women or men? Men will answer men. Women will answer women. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and then it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Have you con karega? Um, so I saw in the chat that someone said RIP final project. That's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, as a reminder, uh, you will make a survey and then you will annotate it with why you asked this question, why you provided these options and things like that. Again, I will give you that documentation, but if you want to get started early, which I'm sure no one will start early, um, you can do that. Um, can we have one good survey? Uh, there aren't many to find. Uh, the problem is I, when I do come across a good survey, uh, it's usually done by a professional company and they close that survey after a certain amount of time. Uh, I'll try to find one, but uh, I said in the slides that uh, the way to look at a good survey is to find out all that's bad with it. Uh, so you eliminate the errors and you're getting closer. Uh, can I show my own survey? Uh, yeah, okay, I, I'll try to find examples, but meanwhile, you can post examples of bad surveys. Let's start with that. Uh, and yes, all slides are uploaded, Zenim, so uh, there is that. Um, thank you for staying beyond the extra six minutes, and I shall see you on Thursday. And from this point on, no bad surveys. Uh, let's make that a point. All right, bye-bye. And thank you, Ruj. I know this wasn't very discussion-friendly, uh, but uh, thanks for the effort.